0: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world, this is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now, here's your host,
1: Do Hongyu with you on this Wednesday, December 27th, 2023. You're listening to the Beijing Hour, coming to you live from the Chinese capital. On today's program, the United Nations has appointed a coordinator to oversee humanitarian aid into Gaza. A Serbian opposition uh, figure continues her hunger strike against the results of the general election. A scenic area in China sees a surge in visitors as the new year approaches. In business, China's largest floating photovoltaic power station has begun operation. In sports, Manchester United beat Aston Villa in the English Premier League. In culture and entertainment, a toy store for seniors in Beijing. Now, today's top stories. The United Nations has appointed a coordinator to oversee humanitarian aid into Gaza in a first step to put last week's Security Council resolution into action. Former Dutch Deputy Prime Minister and Middle East expert Sigrid Kag is expected to begin her new role on January the 8th. UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres says Kag will bring a wealth of experience in political, humanitarian, and development affairs, as well as in diplomacy, to her new post. From the U.N. headquarters, William Denslow tells us about the urgency of delivering supplies to Gaza.
2: According to the World Health Organization's emergency medical teams, more than 100 patients were brought in to Gaza's Al-Aqsa Hospital over a 30-minute period on Monday following a series of airstrikes. The U.N. agency warns that the hospital is stretched beyond capacity and many patients won't survive the wait.
3: The doctors and nurses here are doing their best. Their best is never going to be enough until there's a
4: ceasefire.
2: The Hamas-run health ministry in Gaza estimates that more than 20,000 Palestinians have been killed since Israel began its bombardments in the aftermath of the October 7th attack on Israel. Hamas killed around 1,200 people in that attack and took roughly 240 Israeli hostages, more than 100 of whom are still believed to be held captive. Israel says that its military campaign against Hamas is far from over, and aid agencies warn the humanitarian situation in the Palestinian enclave is rapidly deteriorating.
5: In the world right now, there are about 130,000 people who are in catastrophic levels of hunger, meaning they are starving. In Gaza, more than half a million. That is four times more, and that is what makes this totally unprecedented last week the United Nations Security Council passed a resolution calling
2: for urgent steps to allow for more humanitarian aid to enter Gaza UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres calls it a welcome move but says more action is needed
5: it is imperative that the international community speak with one voice for peace for the protection of civilians for an end to suffering and for a commitment to the two-state solution backed with action.
2: The WHO's Director General Tedros Adhanon Ghebreyesus says the healthcare system in Gaza is on its knees and a ceasefire is needed urgently. It's a point reiterated by the UN Secretary General. He says a ceasefire is the only way to end the nightmare people in Gaza are living through.
1: That was William Denslow in New York. Israel says fighting with Hamas will last many more months as it declares an expansion of the ground offensive in central Gaza. This came as the United Nations warned that the escalation of attacks is exacerbating the humanitarian crisis in the enclave. The Israeli military said the attacks will now concentrate on central and southern Gaza. Meanwhile, tensions have intensified on the Israel Lebanon border as Israel and Hezbollah trade attacks. Isabel Debris with the Associated Press has more.
6: This is an area that has previously been spared the ground invasion. Israeli troops have invaded, of course, the north and much of the south, but the center has been the next front from some time now, and we have received confirmation that the Israeli troops are now operating with tanks in the Burj refugee camp. There was intense Israeli airstrikes on the area, as well as tank shelling, and this is all starting to escalate for people who are living in the center. Now, what we're also seeing to exacerbate all of this is that there is now a communications blackout in Gaza, which means that emergency crews cannot now get in touch with distress calls. The Israeli military accused Hezbollah of firing several anti-tank guided missiles across the border. In response, Israel said it was striking Hezbollah targets across southern Lebanon. And it has raised fears of a wider regional escalation, of course, not only because Hezbollah has more firepower than even Hamas, but also because Israel has repeatedly made threats with the latest from Yoav Gallant, the defense minister, he said that if Hezbollah continues to escalate, that Beirut will meet the same fate as Gaza City.
1: That was Associated Press correspondent Isabel Debris in Jerusalem. As Israel expects a prolonged war against Hamas, the finance ministry says funding the military efforts in Gaza will cost at least another 14 billion U.S. dollars. That will nearly triple Israel's budget deficit next year to 5.9%. The government says the widening gap will require cutting other expenses or raising revenue. Trent Marie has more.
3: Coming under significant pressure on several fronts, but I think most notably the finance ministry has been sounding the alarm on the labor shortage front. Now, what I mean by that is before the October 7th attack, around hundred and fifty thousand palestinians worked in israel or palestinians from the west bank but they largely have not been able to come here since those attacks with security increased and they say that is now costing the economy around eight hundred and thirty million u.s. dollars a month another major issue is that uh, a lot of sectors here including farming manufacturing have long relied on foreign workers add on to that the fact that israel is a country with a conscription army many of the troops right now in gaza are reservists uh, and that has pulled them away from their job hurting businesses uh, as they try to chart their way through this difficult period for the country so we know some very Tough conversations are taking place right now between the defense ministry and the finance ministry around just how long Israel can sustain this war effort. Some signs that uh, those security measures may be lifted to allow more West Bank Palestinians back into Israel to continue working. But when you combine all of that with the shipping pressure as well, because of what we're seeing on the Red Sea, this war is certainly taking a major hit uh, towards the Israel economy.
1: That was Trent Murray on pressures facing Israel. Elsewhere, the Foreign Affairs Commission of the Turkish Parliament has approved Sweden's NATO bid, but says not to expect a speedy vote in the full General Assembly. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan signed Sweden's NATO accession protocol and presented it to the Parliament in October. Turkey approved Finland's NATO bid in March, but has slow-walked Sweden's accession, demanding the Nordic country further address Ankara's security concerns. Ukraine says it's destroyed a Russian landing ship in Crimea with cruise missiles. Russia says the vessel was only damaged. Local authorities have reported at least one casualty in the attack. Dasha Chinishova reports from Moscow.
7: Russia says its large landing warship, Novochirkask, has been damaged after Ukraine attacked the Crimean port city of Feodosia. The Russian Ministry of Defense says Ukraine used guided missiles launched by aircraft. Russian air defense systems destroyed the aircraft, two Ukrainian Su-24s, according to the Russian Ministry of Defense. The warship had the capacity to carry tanks and armored vehicles. Hours before the strike, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu reported to President Putin that Russian forces have gained full control over the town of Marinka in the Donetsk People's Republic. Shogo also said that in 2023, Russian forces have successfully carried out one of their main tasks, stopping Ukrainian counter-offensive, and are now pushing forward on all fronts. In the meantime, Russian President Vladimir Putin is hosting an informal meeting of the CIS countries in St. Petersburg, that's the Commonwealth of Independent States. It comes a day after the Eurasian Economic Union signed a free trade agreement with Iran. Separately, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said some three dozen countries are seeking to get closer to BRICS and establish partnerships with the association. He also said that Moscow expects a wide range of solutions to be developed ahead of the group's next summit expected to take place in the Russian city of Kazan in October 2024.
1: That was Dasha Chinishova reporting. Coming up, a Serbian opposition figure continues her hunger strike against the results of the general election.
2: Dive into news like never before with Deep Dive, the podcast from CGTN Radio. Join our global reporters for captivating stories and thought provoking conversations. Search Deep Dive on your favorite podcast platform and get ready to dive in.
1: It's 10 minutes past the hour. A leading figure in Serbia's main opposition party has vowed to continue her hunger strike to protest against the results of the general election earlier this month. Maranika Tepic says she plans to reject further medical advice, even though she has seen her health deteriorated after several days without food. Tepic says she and her colleagues are asking for review of the election process, claiming there is much evidence that the elections were stolen.
8: We demand that the elections be annulled and that new elections be held under new election conditions, that is, the conditions outlined in the law, since we have lawlessness here and daily violations of the constitution and the law. TAPIC has accused the authorities of bribery and corruption, importing
1: voters from foreign countries, allowing the same person voting at several polling stations and including dead people on voter lists. She describes the election as neither fair nor democratic. The ruling coalition claimed a sweeping victory by securing 46% of the votes. Several hundred supporters of the opposition group continued to protest in central Belgrade on Tuesday. Russia has said the the protests are backed by foreign forces. A caravan of 6,000 migrants continues its march toward the United States, ahead of U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken's visit to Mexico. Blinken and Mexican uh, officials will discuss the migrant issue during his visit. Frank Contreras has more.
9: This latest sprawling group of undocumented migrants is heading across Mexico on foot. Destination... The US border. This so-called migrants' caravan includes large numbers of Venezuelans, Cubans and Central Americans. People from Asia and Africa are also traveling among them. Many of the migrants say they're tired of waiting in southern Mexico for backlogged Mexican immigration officials to process the request for asylum or for documents that allow them to continue their journey through Mexico. Hoy caminamos-
0: today the poorest of the poorest of the poorest are walking those of us who are on the cusp of need those of us are walking those of us who do not have money to pay for visas those of us who do not have money to pay a smuggler
9: their decision to travel in large numbers comes just ahead of a visit by a high-level group of biden administration officials to mexico city it includes secretary of state anthony blinken Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas and other U.S. officials. U.S. government officials say some 10,000 undocumented migrants are attempting to enter the United States every single day. Many say they are fleeing violence, damage from climate change and extreme poverty. They hope to seek asylum in the United States. Both Mexico and the United States will hold presidential elections in 2024. How to deal with the large number of migrants traveling has become one of the biggest and most complex social issues ahead of those elections.
1: That was Frank Contreras on the U.S.-Mexico migrant issue. Millions of people in Sudan are displaced because of hostilities between the army and the paramilitary RSF. They are reliant on aid on a daily basis. 9,000 people have been killed since the conflict broke out in April. A United Nations official says the war has plunged Sudan into one of the worst humanitarian nightmares in recent history. Efforts from the United States and regional bodies to restore peace have largely failed. Naba Mohidian reports.
10: Yet another year of internal turmoil in Sudan. After longtime ruler Omar al-Bashir was ousted by the army in 2019 following massive popular protests, a turbulent transition followed that, their a military coup in 2021. They set the stage for the outbreak of violence between rival factions of the army earlier this year, with the capital Khartoum the primary battleground. The war that broke out in April has left 10,000 people dead and over six million people internally displaced or seeking refuge in neighboring countries. Peace talks appear to be deadlocked with no resolution in sight. The conflict quickly spread to other parts of the country. Darfur to the west and Kordofan in the south have also seen much of the fighting and internal displacements. The result has been a massive hit to Sudan's economy and health services. According to UN reports, the displaced heavily reliant on humanitarian agencies who themselves are pleading for more funding are facing the possibility of widespread hunger in 2024. They are desperate for
7: reconciliation. The situation is bad here and our future is undefined with the fighting not stopping. Even if the war stops,
11: we can't immediately go back home as our residences were destroyed. But we hope the war stops and our lives go back to normal.
0: We want to see
2: peace achieved and sustained. Eight months is enough to feel and see people suffering from this war. It must stop
10: but the fighting shows few signs of abatting. Reports are now showing that the rebel support forces are recruiting fighters from other countries, mainly Mali, Chad, Niger, and the Central African Republic. Analysts warn that if the warring sides can't come to an understanding soon, there is a chance the conflict could expand into the wider region.
2: The conflict covers 40% of the areas in Sudan. The number of victims as well as the displaced will increase with the conflict's extension. The war in Sudan shall extend to neighbouring countries if it's not contained soon.
10: The Intergovernmental Authority on the Development, or IGAD, which has been taking a lead in the flagging peace process, had sounded the possibility of face-to-face talks between the two sides before the end of the year. Both sides will likely set tough preconditions for such talks. But as 2023 winds down, this gesture from the warring parties would bring a small ray of hope for ordinary people going into
1: the new year. That was Naba Mohidian reporting from Port Sudan. Port Sudan is facing a cholera outbreak exacerbated by a lack of medical supplies as Sudan remains in the grips of violence, a university dorm is acting as a shelter and housing at least a 1,000 people. One displaced mother says the shelter has poor sanitary conditions. Julia Adam moved to Port Sudan after a fleeing Khartoum. She lost one of her do- two daughters a month ago after she was infected with cholera.
8: We are really afraid and we work on cleanliness, but not everyone is keen on it. There's a lot of dirt behind my place I can clean in front of my place and make sure my children bathe. The flies will not disappear unless the place becomes clean. Local doctors have reported more
1: than 2,200 cases of cholera so far. Dr. Alam Abdullah says 70% of the health system in Sudan is out of service. One of the European Union's less developed countries has become a champion in cutting greenhouse gas emissions. Bulgaria reduced emissions by nearly 24% in the second quarter of this year. Ariosa Milenkovic finds out how they achieved it.
0: Someone's waste is another one's cash cow. That's the philosophy behind the facility located on the outskirts of Sofia, where all kinds of organic waste are collected from the city. The cash is only one of the benefits. And this is another way how Bulgaria deals with excess greenhouse gases. And along the way, it produces much needed electricity. Piles of organic waste would eventually rot on its own, usually emitting huge quantities of methane. But instead, they are used here as the source of energy. The electricity and heat are produced by the means of car generation, uh, for which we use the, f- the food waste. Through some anaerobic digestion, so that the methane, ga- methane gas is produced during the degradation of the of the food. That methane gas is used for heating and electricity production, and that electricity, in the end, powers parts of the city's public transportation system, like buses. But they are not the only contributors to the greenhouse gas emission cuts. There are also CNG or compressed natural gas-powered buses that have replaced diesel buses. Yet recently, the costs of their exploitation jumped sharply. Until the end of
5: 2021, we paid for natural gas at around 28 US dollars per megawatt hour. In 2022, it rose to almost 200 US dollars. In practice, using a natural gas powered bus became much more expensive than using a diesel one.
0: But the authorities in sofia are undeterred in their goal to stop using diesel in the public transportation sector as the eco benefits are far greater than the running costs and it's all part of a long running national strategy on fighting greenhouse gas emissions
7: um, the the trend is actually pretty stable during the last 15 years so we haven't um done a year or another one something quite uh, quite different but we continue to make uh, progress and uh, efforts towards the the cutting of uh, our emissions
0: the bulgarian authorities say that by cutting these emissions the country will also save a lot of money from the recently introduced used carbon tariffs
1: that was aliusa milenkovich reporting from sofia in Bulgaria. You're listening to the Beijing Hour. Coming up, tourist spots in China get crowded ahead of the new year. Climate Watch is
12: CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we
1: call home. It's 21 minutes past the hour. The holiday excitement is palpable as people plan their New Year trips to welcome 2024. The Huangshan Mountain scenic area in eastern China has seen a surge in both visitor numbers and revenue. Olivia Hu went to the tourist spot and spoke with Xu Lichou from the Huangshan Management Committee.
11: I'm in mountain Huangshan, one of China's most beautiful mountains. This mountain is always bustling with visitors. There are countless tourists here enjoying its beauty. The tourism market in China is experiencing a robust recovery, as is evidenced by Huangshan, which has welcomed over 4 million visitors this year, surpassing its tourist numbers from 2019. Apart from its natural beauty, Huangshan has implemented additional strategies to enhance its tourism sector and stimulate consumption.
9: In order to enhance the cultural and tourism experience for visitors, we have implemented a range of measures to enhance the protection and management of our resources. Our utmost priority is to ensure the preservation of the environment and biodiversity, which is why we have taken the initiative to establish the first-ever carbon-neutral zone in a mountainous region within the country.
11: To reduce carbon emissions, all the trash in the mountain will no longer be burned or buried. Instead, sanitation workers will take charge of sorting the waste and transporting it down the mountain to a centralized garbage transfer station for appropriate treatment.
9: In addition to his unwavering commitment to environmental preservation, Huangshan is fervently involved in cultivating a diverse range of cultural and creative products.
11: Deriving inspiration from its renowned welcoming pine tree, a range of associated products has been expertly crafted and introduced, like the delightful welcoming pine coffee and ice cream. These exceptional offerings have gone viral on various social media platforms in triggering an increasing flux of younger tourists to explore the region.
1: That was Olivia He reporting. Wednesday marks five years since China's Beidou navigation satellite system went into global service. China recently launched two new satellites to enhance the expanding work. Sun Ye spoke with engineers about the latest additions. The
11: satellites will launch into space using the Long March 3B Expedition 1 carrier rocket and will orbit the Earth at an altitude of around 21,000 kilometers. They are the first Beidou satellites to enter what is known as medium-Earth orbit since July 2020.
5: The most important improvement in these two Beidou satellites is the use of miniaturized hydrogen atomic clocks. Hydrogen atomic clocks are the most important timing and frequency component of Beidou navigation satellites. This time, after adopting miniaturization technology, our component weighs much less than before and is more advanced. Having these two Beidou satellites in orbit not only enhances the stability and the reliability of of the existing system but also lays the ground for the development of new technologies for the next generation of navigation satellites
11: Tuesday's mission is also the last one for the year for Sichang Satellite Launch Center
13: Today
5: Today's success means the Xichang Satellite Launch Center has completed all 19 launch missions successfully for the year. China's space industry has entered a period of rapid development. There has been a steady increase in launch missions. Next year, our center will conduct more missions more frequently.
11: Another Beidou satellite was added to the system in May this year.
5: For Beidou's system, 2023 has been a very critical year. This year, we conducted a comprehensive evaluation of the overall in service quality since BDS started global services in 2020. The two launches in 2023 shows that we have sufficient reliability and backup capability for in satellites. And then in 2023, our country's next generation comprehensive PNT or positioning, navigation and timing system was fully initiated. We have already identified key technologies and are conducting research and development work to provide more precise and secure services. China's
11: plan is to develop a more ubiquitous, integrated, intelligent spatial temporal system with BDS at the core by 2035.
1: That was Sun Ye on China's Beidou navigation system. The first Chinese-made ocean drilling ship Mengxiang, meaning dream, has finished its first trial voyage off the country's southern coast. The first trial voyage involves 19 key debugging and adjustment tests on the ship's marine system, such as the propelling system and life anchoring. Chief designer Zhang Haibing says they've also tested the drilling ship's adaptation capability.
14: In this test run,
4: the drill ship managed to sail under the Lingdingyang Yang Bridge. This was possible due to its unique design features, like its small size, versatility and modular design,
14: allowing it to dock
4: at most ports around the world. Additionally, its construction and operating costs are more than 40% lower compared to similar vessels.
1: The ship can drill as deep as 11,000 meters in the sea, penetrating through the Earth's crust and into the upper mantle. This will aid in the exploration and extraction of marine energy resources and the development of maritime power infrastructure. Chinese research icebreaker Xuelong Tu has departed from New Zealand for a scientific expedition in the Amundsen Sea of the Antarctic. The 40th Chinese Antarctic Expedition, Expedition Team consists of 28 members selected from government agencies, research institutions, and universities.
14: I'm making a plankton imaging system, which can carry out long-term observation on krill and plankton after being put into water.
4: We observe the temperature and salinity of seawater, as well as ocean current.
1: The icebreaker unloaded supplies and personnel for building China's fifth scientific research station at the Ross Sea before returning to New Zealand earlier this month. The new scientific research station is designed to accommodate 80 researchers to conduct atmospheric, oceanic, biological, and ecological observation and research. Now it's 28 minutes past the hour. Let's check the weather now. Beijing is minus 9 on Wednesday evening. Thursday will be sunny with a high of 5. Chongqing is 5 tonight. Tomorrow we'll see light rain with a high of 13. Lhasa is minus 6 overnight. Tomorrow sunny and 6. Hong Kong is 16 tonight. Sunny and 21 tomorrow. Elsewhere, Tokyo is 2 overnight. Light rain and 8 on Thursday. Islamabad is 7 this evening. Tomorrow sunny and 23. Bangkok is 24 overnight. Then sunny and 33 on Thursday. It's time for a short break. So far this hour, the United, the United Nations has appointed a coordinator to oversee humanitarian aid into Gaza. A Serbian opposition figure continues her hunger strike against the results of the general election. A scenic area in China sees a surge in visitors as the new year approaches. Do Hongyu with you, stay with us here on the Beijing Hour.
2: Experience the musical classics of the East. Mingle with the masters of Chinese music. Music talks. Witness the sound of antiquity and modernity.
6: We all enter this world with a universal greeting. (laughs) We then learn to speak. Mama, mama. Bonjour. How you <inaudible> 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 Though our languages, cultures, and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common: we have hope for humanity and <inaudible> the world.
3: An company <inaudible> of the the 26th United Nations Climate.
6: Hear the difference with CGTN Radio. Join a global network to connect with the world.
2: CGTN Radio. Hear the difference.
12: I love you. 我爱你. This might be the easiest way to say I love you, since there are so many other romantic expressions. No matter if you're a rookie, 你好, 我的中文语, dian dian. or a sophisticated learner, there is definitely something that will interest you. Check out Takeaway Chinese, a word that starts with 你好。
0: Examining the events that impact and shape China and the rest of the world. This is the Beijing Hour, one hour of news and information brought to you every weekday. Now here's your host.
1: De Hongyu with you on this Wednesday. Still to come, in business, China's largest floating photovoltaic power station has begun operation. In sports, Manchester United beat Aston Villa in the, the English Premier League. In culture and entertainment, a toy store for seniors in Beijing. To contact us, you can email radio at cgtn.com or follow our X account, formerly
8: Twitter, at CGTN Radio. But first, today's headlines. Here's Zhu Tianlu. Thank you, Hongyu. Yu. China has blasted the United States for interfering in its internal affairs with a national defense bill that Beijing says contains content that causes serious damage to peace and stability in the Taiwan Straits. Chen Binghua from the State Council's Taiwan Affairs Office says the U.S. actions do not match its words.
13: Some people in the United States say they hope for peace and stability in the Taiwan Straits, but in fact they are accelerating the arming of Taiwan, supporting the so-called Taiwan Independence Separatist Forces, inciting cross-strait confrontation and adding fuel to the fire we urge the United States to earnestly abide by its
5: political commitments to China on the Taiwan question.
8: The official also says the interests and well-being of the people in Taiwan depend on the stability of the Taiwan Straits. He urged people on both sides to adhere to the 1992 consensus and oppose Taiwan independence. UN Secretary-General António Guterres has appointed a former Dutch deputy prime minister as the senior humanitarian and reconstruction coordinator for Gaza. Sigrid Karg will facilitate, coordinate, monitor and verify aid consignments to Gaza. She will also establish a UN system to speed up humanitarian relief shipments through states not party to the conflict. Guterres says Karg brings a wealth of experience in political, humanitarian and development affairs and diplomacy to her new post. She is expected to take up the assignment on January the 8th. Senior Hamas official Hasma Hamdan says several countries have contacted the group in an attempt to broker hostage negotiations and end the violence in Gaza.
13: We affirm the movement's clear position on the necessity and the priority of stopping the criminal aggression against our people. We also confirm that the movement has received initiatives and proposals from a number of countries related to this. The battle and the movement are always open to all initiatives that achieve a comprehensive cessation of aggression against our people and to everything that achieves the highest interests of our people.
8: Palestinian health authorities say over 21,000 people have been killed during the conflict that broke out in October. Yemen's Houthi rebels have claimed the responsibility for fresh attacks on the commercial ship in the Red Sea. A Houthi military spokesperson says the attack came after the ship's crew ignored repeated warning messages. The spokesperson said the Houthi forces also launched another attack toward the Israeli city of Elad using suicide drones. But the Israeli military said an Israeli aircraft intercepted a hostile aerial target that approached its territory. There have been no reports of casualties or damage from the two attacks Mexico has launched its army-run airline, the Mexicana Airlines, with its first flight taking off from Mexico city-bound for the Caribbean resort of Tulum. President Andres Manuel López Obrador has described the takeoff as historic and emblematic, saying it marks the return of the formerly government-run Mexicana Airlines. The airline was privatized, went bankrupt and closed in 2010. Its military-run holding company also operates airports, hotels, trains, customs, and tourist parks. Defense Secretary General Luis Crescencio Sandoval says it is common in other developed countries to have all those diverse businesses run by the military.
14: It is those skills, knowledge and experiences that allow the military personnel to be integrated into the productive life of the nation in the civilian sphere, in the public and private sectors, as is common in other developed countries, where the armed forces add to the collective progress.
8: The Mexicana Airlines plan to carry tourists from Mexican cities to resorts and offer competitive prices. It also hopes to fly to 16 small regional airports that currently have no flights or very few. China Media Group has unveiled its picks for the top 10 domestic and international news stories for 2023. At home, the year saw Xi Jinping elected as the Chinese president and chairman of the Central Military Commission in March. A summit marking the 10th anniversary of the Belt and Road Initiative, as well as the hosting of the Hangzhou Asian Games and the World University Games, also took the spotlight. Globally, China's head of state diplomacy continues to inject stability into a turbulent world while the Israel Hamas conflict and China broken rapprochement between Saudi Arabia and Iran made it onto the list.
1: Thank you very much. That was Zhu Tianlu with Headline News. This is Do Hongyu in the Chinese capital. Coming up in business, China's largest floating photovoltaic power station has begun operation. It's 36 minutes past the hour. Turning to business, here's Wang Zihang.
4: Thank you, Hong Yu. The Chinese mainland markets closed higher on Wednesday. Wang Yin has more.
15: The Shenzhen Component Index rose 0.38 percent, while the Blue Chip CSI 300 Index advanced 0.35 percent. And in focus these days, China's video game regulator, the National Press and Publication Administration, said it would improve the rules by studying public views to soothe sentiment. It then approved new licenses for 105 domestic online games for December, more than the monthly average. Video game stocks broadly rebounded with Shenzhen Bingchuan Network jumping 3.86% and Daxan Times Cultural Investment rallying 10%. Shares in semiconductors jumped 1.52% as JHT Design gained 10% to hit the daily upper limit, while the energy sector advanced 1.46% and brokerages had an average gain of 0.73%. And meanwhile, drug giant AstraZeneca is set to make one of its first acquisitions in China. It has announced a plans to acquire gray cell biotechnologies for up to 1.2 billion US dollars. shanghai based Gray Cell is working on cell therapy for cancer treatments. And US listed Gray Cell Biotechnologies shares jumped 60% on the acquisition plan, and the China Universal Nasdaq Biotechnology ETF rose 1.33% after that.
4: That was Wang Yin in Shanghai. In Hong Kong, the Hang Seng Index was up 1.7%. In Japan, the Nikkei went up 1.1%. China's industrial profits extended gains for a fourth straight month in November. The 29.5% profit rise came on top of a 2.7% increase in October. Industrial earnings shrank 4.4% in the first 11 months on an yearly basis, with the pace of decline narrowing by 3.4 percentage points from the first 10 months. Industrial profit numbers cover firms with annual revenues of at least 20 million yuan or around 2.8 million US dollars from their main operations. China has issued nearly 20,000 certificates of origin under the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership Free Trade Agreement. The number marks an annual increase of about 20%. The certificates were issued to over 3,400 enterprises last month, up 12% from a year ago. The certificates are expected to reduce tariffs by $9 million U.S. million for Chinese products in RCEP importing countries. Luxury stores have seen a, a slowdown in business in the last couple of years. It is noticeable in London since the UK stopped offering tax-free shopping perk for tourists. Zhang Sum has more.
12: Christmas lights are sparkling on London's famed Regent and Bond streets, the heart of festive shopping for both locals and tourists alike. But ever since the COVID-19 pandemic, the number of tourists eyeing the shops has been going down. The travel lockdowns are over but the uk's pause on tax-free shopping for tourists has not restarted it ended in 2020 as part of brexit
5: there's that pent-up demand from the post-pandemic where people are wanting to experience london in the way they did but what we're seeing is although they're enjoying it, they're not enjoying it for as long or spending as much as they did and particularly when it comes to shopping
12: cebr a consultancy estimates that the loss of tax-free shopping is costing the UK economy more than $13 billion each year. No wonder a slew of Britain's largest luxury brands and retailers are lobbying for its return.
5: We've heard from some brands that they're prioritizing Paris for investment in their stores, or even new openings of brands that don't exist in London are prioritizing Paris because they're seeing the sales and the people there, you know, shopping.
12: Data from international tax refund company Global Blue shows that travelers from the US, China and Gulf countries all keen to shop are flocking to Paris and Milan instead. Tax breaks there mean an automatic 20% discount. Some Chinese shoppers on the duty-free shopping haven of China's Hainan Island say the lieu of London is fading.
2: When we went shopping at Harrods in the UK, the prices were a lot cheaper than those in China and you could claim a tax refund too. But the whole tax refund process is rather complicated. Unlike duty-free shopping in Sanya, whatever we buy here is already tax-free.
12: While there are still plenty of reasons to visit Britain, businesses will want to ensure there are also reasons for tourists to spend big.
4: There was Jiang Weisum reporting. China's largest floating photovoltaic power station has begun operation in Fuyang, Anhui province. The new station is built in a flooded area once used for coal mining with an overall installed growth capacity of 650,000 kilowatts. With over a million photovoltaic modules, the solar farm covers an area equivalent to the size of 1,300 standard football fields. Its average annual power generation is expected to reach 700 million kilowatt hours, which is equivalent to cutting 220,000 tons of standard cove per year. Beijing will host the 2nd China International Supply Chain Expo in November next year. Over 100 companies from home and abroad have expressed their interest in attending. Jiang Xin with the China Council for the Promotion of International Trade says the next edition of the expo will showcase products related to clean energy and the green agriculture.
13: 目前我们也在同-
14: Right now, we are working with different departments and experts to figure out if it's possible to expand the display of supply and industrial chains in line with the needs of modern industrial systems. Our goal is to bring in more companies from both local and international markets and to boost the overall reach and impact of the expo.
4: More than 200 cooperation agreements and tentative agreements were signed during the first edition of the event, with a total value of more than U.S. dollars The International Monetary Fund expects global growth next year to be around 3% despite inflation and concerns about Ukraine. Countries in Latin America with some expectations grew more than predicted this year. Joe Richards has more.
16: Global inflation eased in 2023 with notable exceptions in Latin America. According to the IMF, Venezuela had the highest inflation rate in the world. And this year, Argentina veered towards hyperinflation. Latin America's third largest economy is suffering its worst economic crisis in decades. Annual inflation reached 100% in March and continued to accelerate over the course of the year. The country's economic troubles were on the minds of Argentinian voters who supported the outsider in presidential elections last month. Libertarian Javier Milei campaigned on the promise of radical reform. In his first week in office, the new government devalued the peso by 54%. Trade bloc Mercosur comprising Argentina, as well as Brazil, Uruguay, Paraguay and new full-time member Bolivia ended the year without finalizing its much faunted trade deal with the European Union. The largest economy in the region, Brazil, posted growth. The powerful agricultural sector boosted exports, increasing economic activity, unemployment is at its lowest since 2015. In Mexico, President Andrés Manuel López Obrador unveiled his marquee project, the Tren Maya. The railway has brought major environmental concerns, but it is part of a push for the country's tourism sector, which rebounded this year. Mexico's unemployment rate is also low, and there are high expectations for the economy, with near-shoring the locating of manufacturing closer to the United States in the coming years.
5: Well, it's interesting that in South America, uh, with the exception of uh, uh, Argentina, probably, and and Venezuela to to a large extent, uh, we have a lot more economic stability than
16: political stability. Since 2019, only two out of 18 presidential elections in the region have seen the incumbent keep power. 2024 brings fresh economic challenges and a busy election calendar with five countries, including Mexico and Venezuela, going to the polls.
4: That was Joe Richard reporting. Chinese carmaker BYD says it has obtained a conditional testing license for Level 3 autonomous driving on high-speed roads. BYD received the first such license in China in July. Earlier this month, the BMW Group said it had received a test license for Level 3 self-driving on high-speed roads in Shanghai, while Mercedes-Benz said it would carry out Level 3 tests on designated highways in Beijing. At level 3, the driver is, expect, is able to let the vehicle fully control its operation when activated, while at level 4, the car will be able to control the entire driving process from start to finish. Toyota Motors' global production jumped 11% in November to a record level. Output for the month climbed to over 926,000 vehicles, while worldwide sales jumped 14%. Domestic sales for the month were 27% higher, sales in both the United States and China increased by 17%, while those in Europe climbed 15%. Around a third of the vehicles sold so far this year have been gasoline-electric hybrids. Egypt has extended a three-month ban on exports of all types of sugar, following an alarming increase in sugar prices. The sugar price surge has triggered widespread concerns across the country.
7: We were all surprised
15: by what happened. Just like when other commodity prices increased, we are now trying to reduce our consumption.
5: I have to buy sugar and eat products because I have a big family for children and my grandchildren. I used to buy a cake for 30 Egyptian pounds, now it's for 60. Prices have doubled. It should be more affordable for people.
4: Egypt produces 2.7 million tons of sugar a year, exporting about half a million tons. That leaves just around 2 million tons to meet the annual demand of 3.5 million tons.
1: Thank you very much. That was Wang Zihang with Business. You're listening to the Beijing Hour. Coming up in sports, Manchester United beat Aston Villa in the English Premier League.
2: Sideline Story brings you all things sports-related. The hottest topics, latest events, juiciest stories, all with a very personal take. Subscribe to Sideline Story Podcast for heated sports discussions covering events that are happening in China and around the world.
1: 48 past the hour. Turning to sports, here's Yang Guang.
13: Thank you, Hong Yu. In the English Premier League, Manchester United staged a rousing second-half comeback to beat Aston Villa 3-2 at Old Trafford. United made a dreadful start and was booed by its own fans after conceding two goals inside 26 minutes. But it completely changed the atmosphere with two goals from Alejandro Garnacho and an 82nd minute winner from Rasmus Hoyland. It was also the Danish forward's first league goal with United after 18 games. Manager ten Haag says his team didn't give up when everything was against them.
0: First half we played solid only it was a little bit sloppy to give two goals away from set plays and I think only half time we slightly changed a little depressing but it was a really s- slight change uh, but uh, we said kept going already first half we created chances twice Rasmus Hoyland, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, Diogo Delo and were all very good, created chances from open play. We said keep going and Mm. believe in in ourselves. I said it before the game, I said during half time, keep believing and we will win this game.
13: Tuesday's victory also marked the first game since British billionaire Jim Radcliffe agreed to buy a stake of up to 25% of United. Earlier in the day, Liverpool moved to the top of the Premier League with a 2 0 win at Burnley. Darwin Nunes and Diogo Jota scored in either half. And Jurgen Klopp's team moved two points clear of second place to Arsenal, having played
0: one game more. Fantastic! I can barely can keep my arms down. But um, 42 points—that's really pleasing. So yeah, that's really cool. The first part of the season done, and it was absolutely all right what we did. Not perfect, but it was all right. And it keeps us now—we cannot be more than a point be away from the top of the table. When, if Arsenal wins, that's in punching distance. Let me say it like that.
13: Arsenal can reclaim the top spot if they beat West Ham on Thursday. In the Saudi Pro League, Cristiano Ronaldo scored two penalties and second place. NASA pummeled Al-Idihad 5-2 away from home. The highly anticipated clash provided a reunion for former Real Madrid teammates Ronaldo and Karim Benzema, who joined Al-Idihad in the summer transfer window. NASA is now seven points behind leaders Al-Hilal. The brace also improved Ronaldo's 2023 goal tally to 53 across international and club level games. In the NBA, the Detroit Pistons set a single-season record with their embarrassing 27th straight loss. They fell to the Brooklyn Nets, 118-112, despite 41 points from Cade Cunningham. Boyan Bogdanovic was the only other Pistons player scoring more than 15. The Pistons broke a tie with the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Philadelphia 76ers on the most number of straight losses in a single season. Elsewhere, the Oklahoma City Thunder made 18 shots from three-point range in a 129-106 win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Shy Gilges Alexander scored 34 points for OKC which led by as many as 25 in the second half. The Memphis Grizzlies have won four consecutive games since John Morant returned from a suspension, as they defeated the New Orleans Pelicans by one point after overtime. In tennis, Novak Djokovic says he has no plans to hang up his racket anytime soon. Djokovic is preparing for the start of his 22nd season, but I Playing an exhibition match against the Carlos Alcaraz in Riyadh, the 36-year-old says he's hoping he might be able to emulate American football great Tom Brady by extending his career well past his 40th birthday. It is, you know, I'm still trying to push as 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 long as I can and win Grand Slams and you know be a contender for top spot of the world and trying to make more history of the sport. That's
0: that's the drive, that's the motivation, and I'm still feeling. Uh, very good in my own body, um, you know, At this age, playing one of the best seasons that I had in my career in 2023. So, you know, I'm going to keep going and see how
13: far how far it gets me. Djokovic will make his final preparations for the Australian Open by representing his country in the United Cup in the first week of the new year. And finally, Japanese boxer Naoya Inoue has become a two-weight undisputed champion after knocking out Marlon Tapales in the 10th round in Tokyo. Inoue putting a ruthless performance to add Tapales' IBF and WBA super bantamweight belts to his WBO and WBC titles. Inoue became undisputed bantamweight world champion last year, but vacated belts to move up a division. He is only the second male boxer to unify all four world titles in two different weight classes. Uh, of the American Terrence Crawford.
1: Thank you very much. That was Yang Guang with sports. Coming up in Culture and Entertainment, a toy store for seniors in Beijing.
6: The Beijing Hour.
9: Hello, I'm Peter Dinklage from X-Men Days of Future Past. You are listening to The Beijing Hour.
11: Hi, I'm Kathy Freeman, and you're listening to The Beijing Hour.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Lang Lang. Welcome to The Beijing Hour.
2: The Beijing Hour, your window to China and the world.
1: It's 53 minutes past the hour, turning to culture and entertainment. A man in Beijing has helped el- elderly neighbors recollect joy from childhood by opening a toy store for seniors. Song De Long opened the store a few years back, and he continues his work enriching the lives of Beijing's older generations. Wang Suwen has his story. Gadgets, toys, games, all designed for
15: seniors, and all the responsibility of this man. Sung Long opened China's very first toy store for seniors back in 2020, and hosts over 400 of them. We visited him for the very first time three years ago. Today, he devotes most of his time promoting the idea in local communities, where he aims to enrich the lives of seniors.
5: For the past two years, we've mainly focused on selling toys, but now we are promoting and popularizing the idea to the public in local communities. Our goal is to provide a playroom for seniors in every community across the country.
15: After years of hard work, Seung now has bigger, more ambitious plans.
5: I have many wishes actually bringing more happiness to seniors and popularizing it to the public on a larger scale there are children's playgrounds but there should be elderly playgrounds too giving more space for seniors to play in
15: Those seniors have found their ways to have fun looking ahead to the new year. They have expressed their hopes and wishes to the year of 2024.
10: I hope our community
7: can be better off in 2024.
8: Personally, I wish to live younger and be healthy so I can visit more places besides playing games indoors.
15: With the new year just around the corner, Sun says he will stick to his business as he believes
1: every senior needs to entertain their inner child. That was Wang Suwen on a toy store for seniors in Beijing. Two classic mice animation characters in China will embark on a new journey to rescue the day in their first feature-length animated movie. The Adventures of Shuka and Beta will hit the screens this week, 40 years after Zheng Yuanjie, China's king of fairy tales, penned a tale about the two courageous mice. (laughs) Shuke is a heroic mouse excelling at piloting a helicopter, while Beta is a tank driver. Their adventures have captivated several generations of Chinese readers and have been adapted into two animated series. Zheng Yuanjie's son Zheng Yaqi serves as the movie's director. The animation will have its theoretical release on Saturday. South Korean actor Lee sun Kyun of the the Oscar-winning movie Parasite has died. He was 48. Lee was found dead in a car at a park in Seoul on Wednesday. According to South Korean media, police had been searching for Lee after his family reported he left home after writing a message similar to a suicide note. Lee was best known for his role in Parasite, in which he played the head of a wealthy family. In 2021, he won a Screen Actors Guild Award for Casting a Motion Picture for his role in the same film. He was nominated for the Best Actor and the International Emmy Awards for his performance in the sci-fi thriller Dr. Brain last year. And the original versions of Mickey and Minnie Mouse will enter the public domain on January the 1st, more than 95 years after first being introduced by Walt Disney. Beginning next Monday, any creator has the legal right to use the characters in new works as long as it's the Steamboat Willie versions and not the near century of animated evolution. Mickey and Minnie were scheduled to enter the public domain in 2004, but Disney got a reprieve when the U.S. Congress passed a 20-year extension. This year's public domain list also includes animation character Tigger and movie The Circus, directed by Charlie Chaplin. Now it's 58 minutes past the hour. Let's check the weather. Beijing is minus 9 on Wednesday evening. Thursday will be sunny with a high of 5. Chongqing is 5 tonight. Tomorrow we'll see light rain with a high of 13. Lhasa is minus 6 overnight. Tomorrow sunny and 6. Hong Kong is 16 tonight, sunny and 21 tomorrow. Elsewhere, Tokyo is 2 overnight, light rain and 8 on Thursday. Islamabad is 7 this evening, tomorrow sunny and 23. Bangkok is 24 overnight, then sunny and 33 on Thursday. In Africa, Nairobi will see light rain with a high of of 27 tomorrow that's it for this edition of the Beijing Hour. Making news today, the United Nations has appointed a coordinator to oversee humanitarian aid into Gaza. A Serbian opposition figure continues her hunger strike against the results of the general election. On behalf of the staff, this is Do Hongyu in the Chinese capital. Hoping you'll join us for the next edition of the Beijing Hour and open a window to the world together.
2: Take away Chinese where you can take some Chinese away and experience progress day by day. Take away Chinese, we will promise you a difference.
6: Hello everybody, welcome to Roundtable, coming to you live from Beijing. From Beijing. Roundtable
15: Roundtable Roundtable
2: Connecting China and the world
15: We bring you fun and timely discussions about what's affecting our lives everywhere, every day Tune in
1: to Roundtable where the East meets the West and understanding
12: is the goal
15: From North to South,
11: East to West people in China are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the
9: true life stories of their journeys.